Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on the show today, reflections on a great FIFA World Cup as Croatia take on France in the final on Sunday. Stuart looks at the players in the France team who have African roots. Also your thoughts on how the African referees have done there in Russia. And away from the World Cup, Solomon gives his thoughts on the Confederation of African Football's decision to ban 11 referees. And we have the third part of our series with Brazil World Cup winner Kaká on his football and his faith. Among other things, we ask if Kaká would rather play well and lose or play badly and win. I prefer to play badly and win. Why? Because I believe that in the end people only remember the victories. So Sunday's final of the FIFA World Cup will be between Croatia and France. It's been a great tournament. Some are even saying that this has been the best World Cup ever, or one of the best ever anyway. What do you think, Solomon? Yeah, sure, Steve. I think there are so many elements why I think this World Cup is going to definitely be ranked at one of the best ever. Uh, We've seen how goals were scored. We've seen incredible goals. We've seen the birth of uh, new uh, players like uh, Mbappe. uh, And we've seen the transition of uh, players like uh, Ronaldo and uh, Messi. We might not even see them in the next World Cup. We've seen the underdogs performing very well. And really giving a a run for their money. We've seen Croatia getting into the final of the World Cup for the first time ever in their history. Uh, We've seen England getting into the semi-final, you know, for the second time. And the last time they got to the final was 1966. Uh, Very technical. Games were decided based on strategies, technical strategies. And we've also seen the introduction of the video-assisted referee that really uh, caused a bit of uh, controversies. But at the same time, I think it corrected uh, and affected a lot of uh, justice. So I, I definitely think that, you know, this is definitely one of the best World Cup ever. You know, nobody gave Russia that chance before the World Cup that they were going to be a great host. Looking at the stadium, every game, great atmosphere, fans from all over the world together singing their their songs. You know, the South Americans, the Asians, the Africans, the Europeans. Quite a lot of elements are definitely going to make this World Cup uh, one of the best ever. Yeah, sure. And uh, Stuart, how would you rate this World Cup? I certainly found 2018 a really enjoyable World Cup. There's been a lot of exciting football and some brilliant goals. There have been exciting games with late goals as well and enough shocks to keep us interested, the biggest of all being the elimination of Germany, losing their final game to Korea. I think I've said enough about VAR, but let me just add that I think it made a positive contribution both to getting the right decisions and producing justice and also to the entertainment and excitement of the competition. One disappointment, given that this is the World Cup, was to see the competition dominated by Europe All four semi-finalists were European and six of the eight quarter-finalists. If you look at the world rankings going into this tournament, Brazil second, Argentina fifth, but both of them were extremely disappointing. 
I know that history tells us that only once has a South American team won the World Cup in Europe, but these days so many Brazilian and Argentinian players live in Europe that that's hardly an excuse. It was a World Cup in which the big star players mainly struggled. Messi never looked like the world's best player. Ronaldo scored a brilliant hat-trick for Portugal against Spain, but simply couldn't do it on his own in a weak Portugal team. Neymar was perhaps the most disappointing of all the superstars. Yellow-carded for diving, lucky to escape a card on another occasion for simulation, and rolling around pretending to be injured. It was a sad and embarrassing performance. Steve, you know, there are five countries which have won the World Cup on more than one occasion. Italy, and they didn't even qualify. Germany went out of the first stage. Argentina in the last 16. Uruguay and Brazil in the quarter-finalists. Who would have believed that none of those five would have made it into the semi-finals? Well, it's certainly been a World Cup full of surprises. So much excitement and entertainment, uh, no doubt. And some saying this has been the best ever or one of the best ever. So on social media, we're asking, what do you think? How good has this World Cup been? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. And uh, Stuart, for Sunday's final, a strong African connection in the France team. I suppose most Africans will be supporting France in the final, given the number of Africans in their squad. In fact, of the team that beat Belgium, seven have African backgrounds and 15 of the 23 uh, have some African connections. For example, the star player Mbappé, his father is from Cameroon. We've talked about N'Golo Kante, whose parents are from Mali. The goal scorer in that semi-final, Samuel Umtiti, uh, was born in Yaoundé, Cameroon. Stephen Nzonzi's father is Congolese. Blaise Batwidi uh, has an Angolan father and a Congolese mother. Paul Pogba's parents are from Guinea. And in fact, two of his brothers play for Guinea. And Cortin Toliso is eligible to play for Togo through his father, but chose to play for France. So France, a very African team, really. And what about the semi-final, Stuart? Uh, weren't they exciting games? I felt that the two semi-finals were just too close to call. Belgium played some excellent football in their semi-final against France, but the French, coached by Didier Deschamps, captain of the 1998 French World Cup winning team, were well organised, and Mbappé had arguably the best player in the tournament, and he's only 19. But the game came down to a deflected header from a corner scored by Umtiti. It was as close as that. Croatia and England surprised everyone by getting to the semi-finals, but don't forget that Croatia beat Argentina 3-0 in the group. England had massively overachieved in terms of expectation by getting to the semi-final, but Croatia were by some distance the best team they had faced in this World Cup. Even after getting the dream start with an early goal and dominating the first half, England couldn't finish it off and in the second half and extra time, Croatia definitely looked the stronger, with Modric 
running the game, and despite having played 120 minutes to beat Russia and Denmark, Croatia looked the fresher and stronger. Incidentally, Croatia is a small country, only 4 million people. It has only existed since 1991, previously being part of Yugoslavia. To reach the World Cup final is an incredible achievement for such a small and new country. Well, thanks, Stuart. So it would be something of a fairy tale if Croatia do go on to win it. Well, now we turn to social media. And while the World Cup was a bad one for Africa as far as the teams performed, we asked about how about the African referees. Malang Jedou of Senegal officiated the second round match between Belgium and Japan with Bakary Gassama of the Gambia, the fourth official. Other African countries represented among the referees include Zambia, South Africa and Egypt, but only at the group stage. So we asked how did they perform and did they deserve to handle the semi-finals or even the final? Uh, now, in this voice note, Ebrima Kante in the Gambia feels there's been a bias against the African referees. Honestly, I'm not impressed about the selection so far because we have at least the best referees in the whole world, I can say. Bakari Papagasama of the Gambia and the Senegalese referee and the, the, the Zambian referee. They are all very good. But why this... The referee, FIFA referee committee only selected one to officiate at the round of 16, the knockout stage. We are not impressed. At least we should have two or three of them officiating. And I am hearing that Papa Gassama has been dropped, which is a surprise to me because Africa's best referee for the past three years, you dropped that person. Look at the, 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 some of the CONCACAF referees, some of the American referees, even some of the European referees. They are not up to the stand, they are not officiating that well, but they keep all of them there and they drop Africa's best and I'm not impressed about the selection criteria, honestly. It's a bias for Africa. Honestly, I'm not impressed. Thoughts there from Ebrima Kante in the Gambia. On Facebook, Fabrice Sibefe in Cameroon says our African referees have done well so far in the tournament. I see no reason why they shouldn't handle matches in the semis or in the finals. They've done a great job, far more than some European referees who, it seems to me, come to the pitch with preconceived ideas about certain teams and players. Alaji A. Bob in the Gambia agrees, saying congratulations to the African referees. They did extremely well. On WhatsApp, Basiru Sala in the Gambia says, For sure, Malang Jedu and Bakari Gassama deserve to handle not just the semi-finals, but even the final. They're really better than most of the other FIFA referees. Mwinga Maimbolwa in Zambia agrees, saying the African referees have been impressive, especially the Senegalese Malang Jedu. I was hoping Grisha of Egypt would have made the cut, but overall, all of the African officials have been top draw. I see one officiating at the final, says Mwinga. Lamine Yusufa Kol is in the Gambia. To my own observation, says Lamine, the African teams didn't impress at the World Cup, but the referees from Africa are always good and able to control the pressure of the beautiful game. Kudos to all, especially to our Gambian referee, Bakari Papa Gassama. Patrick Mwamlima in Malawi is also impressed. Yes, Malang handled that game pretty well, confident and composed. Uh, Patrick referring there to the Senegalese handling of the round of 16 game between Japan and Belgium. And Karamba Dabo in the Gambia says all of the matches the Africans officiated were good and fair, especially Malang and Bakari Gassama officiated the game between Peru and Denmark and awarded that penalty to Peru. 
Now, on a voice note, here's Almami Fofana. Yeah, this FE, they are doing well, but the true FE I recognize more is this Senegalese FE, who have this match between Belgium and Japan. This match was so tough. The way you gave the match, for me, I appreciate it. I know everyone, because the, the place you watch this game, everybody appreciate the way you take care of the match. And this guy, Papa Gassama, is a good FE. Thanks there to Almami Fofana, but not everyone agrees. Bizwek and Jaqua in Malawi says no, they're average referees to me. I don't think they can handle the semi-finals and the finals. Abina in Nigeria speaks for many when he says a Senegalese referee Malang had an impeccable outing. There was no need for the VAR and no moment of controversy in the Japan-Belgium thriller. He deserves a spot in the final, the semi-final or the third place match, says Obina. Uh, to Kenya now, Teddy Otieno agrees, saying the game between Belgium and Japan was one of the most entertaining matches, and with this the referee deserves to handle an extra match, says Teddy. Kunda Francis Piri in Zambia patriotically supports the official from his own country. Jani Sikazwi should handle the final of the World Cup, says Kunda. He's a top referee. Well, so far, Sikazwe's referee just one match at the World Cup. That was the Group H contest between Japan and Poland. Another patriotic comment comes from Sunkaru Bamba Soe in the Gambia. It's been a really bad World Cup for African teams, but the referees are doing good, says Sunkaru. I want Bakari Gassama to officiate the final. And good to hear from Bakari in Italy. Bakari says, to my own opinion, they did very well because the games they called were clean and I didn't notice any errors there. Maybe FIFA will give them the semi-finals or final, but I don't think so. And Dan Ogega in Kenya says the African referees did well given the pressure resulting from the bribery scandals in the continent in the build-up to the tournament. Uh, Thanks for that, Dan, and to everyone who contributed. Apologies if we didn't get to read out your comment. And let's go on to that thorny issue of the bribery scandal now. Uh, So lots of praise for the African referees at the World Cup there. But there was news of great concern a few days ago when the Confederation of African Football banned Kenyan referee Rangay Marwa from all football activities for life, while 10 other referees were given bans of between 2 and 10 years. Uh, those officials from Togo, the Gambia, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, Mali, Niger and Mauritania. Now this ruling comes after Marwa was filmed by undercover Ghanaian journalist Anas Aramayu Anas, accepting money ahead of the Russia World Cup. Marwa had been chosen to officiate in Russia, but was dropped following Anas's investigation. Marwa has denied any wrongdoing in response to the corruption allegations. Well, another 11 referees, that's 10 Ghanaians and one Liberian, have been provisionally banned pending appearances before a CAF disciplinary board next month. Uh, So uh, what do you make of all this, Solomon? You know, I I think referees in Africa really have faced a lot of challenges for them to compromise their position as as a referee. You know, uh, 11 referees, uh, 10 Ghanaians and one Liberian, that's quite a lot. But I feel that, you know, a lot of referees... In Africa, I feel there are quite a lot of them that are still compromised, maybe because they're, they're not really taken as professionals, not really taken care of, especially referees that refer games in the leaks in different countries. You know, there, there is also pressure. There is no uh, some sort of security for them to rely on. There's pressure from football club owners. There's pressure from the fans. 
there's pressure from politicians you know a, a typical african situation where a, a politician you know would uh, would put in a word and put on pressure uh, so it's 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 really sad for that africa experienced this uh, situation and that it happened just before the world cup and that a lot of referees that are supposed to be ranked as top referees you know in the continent are affected uh, a lot of this is really sad and and i think CAF needs to do something uh, about it and CAF needs to really actually evaluate referees across the continent from the different regions of africa to be able to look at areas where changes need to be made Yes. And uh, what about the way that this corruption was exposed, Solomon? Because it didn't come from a CAF investigation, but from a journalist. So is this a fair way of bringing people to justice? Yeah, I I feel definitely that exposing corruption in football, exposing corrupt referees, you know, is the right thing to do in whichever way. This is definitely a new twist to investigation in football cycles especially this coming from a TV journalist, uh, you know, whose main objective is to bring justice, nothing else. And this has really opened it up for everyone to be a contributor, uh, to make sure that football is uh, corruption-free, you know, not just a journalist exposing it, not just calf exposing it, but everybody definitely has a responsibility to do that. And I hope that, you know, in other countries across Africa that, you know, journalists, the media would begin to take these issues very, very seriously because the media needs to act as a gatekeeper. The media needs to act as a, as a filter towards what happened on football. You know, they, the society, football fans, depend on the media to do a good job in trying to make sure that, you know, there is no corruption in football. There is no corruption when it comes to referring games. And it's definitely time for Cav also to say, what do we need to do? How do we do this right? We don't have to wait for journalists to expose this. We have to make sure that we set measures in place for us to be able to evaluate and also to monitor performances and monitor any issue of corruption and investigate it immediately. Well, thanks very much, Solomon. This is certainly very shocking news as far as refereeing in Africa is concerned. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programmes too in our archive. And our Twitter handle is at PlanetSportFA. We're now to the third and final part of our interview from our archives with Kaká, a World Cup winner with Brazil in 2002 and the 2007 World Player of the Year. Kaká is now retired after a career that saw him play for AC Milan and for Real Madrid. He played at three World Cups and was much loved as a player across Africa. He's also been very open about his faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. And in this part, as Kaká talked to Stuart, Stuart asked how he copes with pressure. Através da eu procuro e lidando com a pressão também através da Bíblia. I deal with pressure by studying the Bible. This is why I'm always studying and searching through the Bible with my pastors, who often speak with me about these things and minister to me this way. When Jesus was here as a man, he experienced many moments of pressure, like the time he was in the Garden of Gethsemane 
and the guards were coming for him. Peter wanted Jesus to escape, and he ended up cutting off the ear of one of the guards. Jesus, in a moment of great pressure, remained calm and tranquil because he knew what had to happen. This is why I always try to know the purpose of God. I will win many matches and I will lose many matches, but I know that in all of them God has a plan. This is why I try to understand the plan of God for me in each moment, so that I can have peace during times of pressure. And what does winning mean to Kaká? Winning brings great joy. I think the world revolves around victory and everyone wants to win and to be successful. Everyone wants to be a winner. But for me, the true meaning of winning is having Jesus in my life. This is the only victory I can be sure of. Winning is having faith in Jesus Christ because he is the great victory. Because of this, I can say that I am a winner, and I am victorious because Jesus lives in my life. I think that losing is part of the game. Today we play football throughout the week and on weekends, normally with two or three matches per week. Because of this, we win and we lose. Defeats can teach us a lot about growing, experience, and it can be a time of reflection. It's hard. I've had defeats which really marked my life, like the European Cup final in 2005, when we were winning 3-0. But Liverpool tied the game at the end and we ended up losing. Also the defeat in the World Cup 2006 against France. All of these defeats left a mark. But in the end, people recognise that I am a fighting and a victorious player because I won a Champions League and another European Cup in 2007. I've had many personal wins as well, but defeat has taught me a lot through experience. And Stuart asks Kaká to what extent does his self-worth depend on his performance on the field? I believe we have to be optimistic. I'm optimistic because of my faith, and I take this optimism with me to the field. I am always sure to enter the field to win, no matter how difficult the adversary or conditions are. During the game, many things can happen, but I always enter the field to win, and this optimism carries through to all areas of my life, including my private and my professional life. And Kaká was also asked what he finds difficult and what are the things that he struggles with. It's difficult for me to see people who are hungry or people with health problems. This is very difficult for me because these problems go beyond our control and what we can do for them. What we can do for these people is to help them through prayer and intercession, asking God to show mercy and also pray they know who Jesus truly is. We can pray for them to be healed and to live an abundant life, not only physically, but spiritually. And would Kaká rather play well and lose or play badly and win? I prefer to play well and win. 
porque eu acredito que no final as pessoas se lembram só dos vitoriosos. I prefer to play badly and win. Why? Because I believe that in the end people only remember the victories. For example, no one remembers the details of the World Cup of 2006. Everyone remembers who the champion was. The same thing happens in the 2002 World Cup, the Champions League of 2007, and the achievement of Milan. No one wants to know if Milan played well or not. In 2007, Milan was the champion of the Champions League, and this is what people remember. They remember the winners. Now, Kaká and his wife were virgins when they got married, somewhat surprising for a superstar like him. Stuart asked how his faith integrates into his life as a footballer. My faith is part of all areas of my life, and not only as a player. It's not difficult for me to walk with Jesus on a daily basis and in all moments of my life. Whether I am on the field, off the field, at home or away, with my friends and at all moments, I stand for Jesus. It's true. My wife and I were virgins when we married, according to our spiritual and biblical values. People often look at us and think, you poor things, you are manipulated and you don't know what you were doing. I know very well what I did and what it represented in my personal life, my spiritual life, in my family life and in my marriage. I know that I made a conscious choice because of the importance it has in the spiritual world. If I could give advice to any young person today, it would be that sex is a great blessing from God. What happened is that people made sex become trivial and that's not what it was meant to be. Sex is a great blessing from God for the pleasure of both husband and wife after marriage and it's not the trivial or casual thing it has become nowadays. But being young and famous, wasn't this a great challenge for Kaká? Yes, it was one of the greatest challenges in my life because we made a choice which wasn't easy. I'm not going to tell you that it was easy because there is a lot of temptation and the flesh is weak, but the spirit strengthens. We spent a lot of time praying and walking closely with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It was a great challenge, but it was really good to have waited. I married my wife in 2005, and once again, I repeat that it was a fantastic experience and a spiritual secret that I want to share with you. Those who have this certainty will live a life of great blessing in their marriage and family life. So why does Kaká think that he needs a saviour? And how can someone have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Jesus said, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. When we have the assurance in our heart that Jesus is the only way, we can truly have this life with him. It's a life of prayer a life of intimacy and a lifelong friendship, knowing that God is our Father. I don't just think we all need a Saviour, I know we all need a Saviour. Jesus is the one and only Saviour according to the Bible. We need him in our lives, and we need his salvation because Jesus came into the world with the purpose of redeeming his children, who were lost to sin by the subtle enemy. So why did Kaká make the decision to receive Jesus as his Saviour and Lord? Why? Because every human being has a need for Jesus. People who don't have Jesus say, I feel such an emptiness inside of me. And this empty space can only be filled with Jesus. This is what I believe, and this is why we have this need for an abundant and full spiritual life with Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can fill this empty space in our hearts. 
I was born into a Christian home. My parents are Christians, and they taught me biblical values, values from the Word of God. As I grew, I began to have my own experiences with God. A great step in my life was my baptism when I was 12 years old. After I was baptized in the water, many things began to happen in my life, and I began to have, and still have, exciting experiences with God. And the most important person in Kaká's life? It's Jesus. Today, as I play football, I have my ministry through sports. But I play because I have a God-given gift. I play because he has perfected the gift he gave me in my life. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And I believe this. Without him, I can't do anything. And that's why I depend 100% on Jesus. So that's Kaká, an interview from our archives. Kaká was a World Cup winner with Brazil in 2002 and the 2007 World Player of the Year. Well, that's it for Planet Sport Football Africa for this week. And we're asking on social media, is this the best World Cup ever? There's certainly been so much excitement and entertainment there in Russia. Some saying this has even been the best ever. What do you think? How good has this World Cup been? You can post on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening, and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.